Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of the Ico Jaco podcast. Hope you're all well. Um Yes, yeah, so I'll get straight into it. Um better late than never for uploading this podcast. At least when I upload upload it here in the UK it will be um late, but better late than never. So the UFC so far this year have been very busy putting on an event every other weekend this year. Um so uh, coming up is the um the new event UFC Vegas twenty one. So, I mean, I've never really um, done this probably before, uh, predict, predicting fights, who's going to win. I still feel very much like a novice in the sport, in this game, um, even as a mere fan. But um, based and ju- and just judging what I've seen from the past fights of the athletes are going to be, at least on the main card for the upcoming UFC Vegas 21 event, I'll give um, my predictions, my previews uh, as best I can. So first, well, no, on the main card, I'll start from the bottom, working my way up. You got we have Eric Anders versus Darren Stewart in the middleweight division. So I was just looking back at some of the other, just comparing the two guys. Um, so Eric Anders, uh, I just looked at one of his old fights at when he fought Christoph Jotko, <laughs> Christoph Jotko at UFC or UFC on ESPN eight. Now this guy, I can see that he uh, he does like to close the distance uh, for his opponent. Just when he's fighting his opponent, that's as close as he can to his opponent, and um, doesn't give his opponent uh, much room. There are other opponents that do that, but specifically speaking about this guy, um, you know, he gets in the he puts pressure on his opponent as on his opponent. As I've heard some commentators say, you know, commentators such as Joe Rogan and DC and uh, Dominic Cruz, um not giving it the opponent any breathing space at all gets in there you know um dishes out those heavy blows and strikes and um for you know they're going in that they, they got he goes in for a clinch or he's for a takedown um and that's why at least based on what i saw you know um he was difficult to take down when his opponent when um jocko was trying to take him down and keep him on the ground and even when he don't make quite right his he's difficult to take down and even when he is, he's difficult to keep down on the canvas. You know, some fighters like you know, of course, when you got the opponent down on the ground, if especially if you're on the, uh, if you're on the much more advantageous position on top of them, you try and hold them down and try and get, you know, get them into a position they can start striking their face. And this, in his particular case, at least for this fight, when he fought um Chris uh, Jocko, Christoph Jocko UFC on ESPN eight, um, you know he he didn't he didn't give his opponent an easy time basically. Can I say stand up is good? Um, no, I think every fight. I mean, I could say that every fighter stand up could be good. You know, uh, their striking could be good. Good. Their leg kicks, their calf kicks, their body kicks, their shots, and it could be good. Could be good. Their spinning elbows. I could say that about striking um, because striking is easy. I mean, no, no scratch that. It's not easy. I mean, as I'm learning now in my boxing, um, kickboxing classes with. Um, with my coach, it's not so straightforward. You have to know, you have to position your feet in a certain way, position your body in a certain way, and make sure breathing is done appropriately so that um, you don't gas out or get tired. So when I say that striking is easy, no, I mean, I think for most people, their striking could be good. And when I'm talking about the professional, the professional athletes in combat sports, and no offense to him, but you know, someone like Ben Askren, he's known for his uh, really woeful striking. And... Um, no, I'm not going to diverge onto that, but I mean, when I say stand up is good, you know, striking, striking, not everyone's striking is going to be good. I mean, I was about to, let me say, fall into that trap of saying 
everyone's striking is can easily be good because somebody just made you but just throwing your fist this way direction whatever but you've got to make sure that you're doing such a way that you deliver the strike well and you you know you um achieve the purpose of delivering or attacking your opponent so um you're moving on this guy also i can see from this fight with um jocko he likes to give his opponents likes to get his opponents in the clinch or takedown and before he does what i can see in this fight before he does move in for a takedown he likes to start off with um with some capital strikes with some counter strikes just to kind of like to have to, to make just break them down make it easier to go in, go in there for a takedown and yeah you know in that fight he did win by a unanimous decision although i have to say that before while i was watching it um i truly was uh, under the impression that um that's um no let me get this right no anders did not win that fight jocko won by a unanimous decision I thought Anders would have won just by watching his performance um, and how many shots and his overall attacking his strategy. I thought that he that he won, but that wasn't the case. So moving on to the other guy on the same card, um, Anders will be fighting. He's going to be going up against Darren Stewart. And looking at Darren Stewart's uh, fighting, uh, just his um, how he fights. Um, Looking at UFC Vegas 11, he fought Kevin Holland. Um, his striking is good. I thought his striking was really good. Um, good kicks, especially the low kicks. And um, I think I heard one of the commentators say that Stewart has never been knocked out. And this fight particularly was a close fight. But to my surprise, um, Holland, Holland did win this fight by a split decision. And um, just looking at the two guys, though they haven't fought each other yet, I uh, just looking at the performance against uh, completely different opponents. I think uh, I'm just gonna come out and say it. People can bash me if they want to. This is just my own opinion. Um, I think potentially Anders will beat um, Stewart with a takedown and a TKO, and he won't be able to get in there just to close that gap, close that distance, and just take his opponent down. That's my opinion. I mean. There are some fights that uh, I've watched before, the, I've watched before in the past, and I thought one particular opponent would win. I thought that Israel Adesanya back at UFC 259 would actually beat Jan Blachowicz. Uh, Blachowicz. Uh, many people did, but that you know that wasn't the case. So you know, in this sport, you know anything can happen. Either one of the fighters can change things, and even when it's at the last minute, the dying minute. Uh, moving on to the. Um, on the main card, you've got Matthias Nicolu versus Manuel Carp or Cape, uh, the men's flyweight division. So Matthias Nicolu, um, he fought uh, Louis Smoker at UFC 219. Now this guy I can see when he was fighting this particular opponent back at UFC 219, he. Did he was quite evasive in the cage, uh, almost like Dominic Cruz, how he was fighting T.J. Dillashaw at one of his past fights. You know the way he um, fights at this, he fought in this particular fight. It was kind of coming up just. How how do I say this um, without sounding too wordy or too silly? Um, it was kind of like quickly moving in for a jab, for a strike, or kicking, quickly um, just jumping back out. Now, that's that sort of stance, um, being let's say quite evasive also quite evasive with the striking quickly 
dashing in there for a kill for an attack and quickly backing out to avoid being attacked. Um, you know, his striking seemed good. Um, at one point, he floored, he managed to get his opponent on the floor. He managed to get smoke on the ground with a nasty left, uh, mean left, with a nasty or yeah, mean left hook. And he got smoke on the floor a second time again, and th- this time it was with a heavy right hand. And um, I say from that fight, his you know his ground game was, um, like I say, it's pretty, it's good. But you know when I keep, I know I'm entitled to my opinion. But you know this is a sport the world by another or anything really. If you don't know what you're talking about, people will be be offended and you know, they will come out and they will you know give you a piece of their mind. So I'm still very um, apprehensive about what I say. But take my opinion for what it is. And that and in that particular fight, Nicoli did win by unanimous decision. And now his opponent, Manuel Cape, uh, looking at his past performance with um, uh, the opponent, Alexandre Patoja at UFC Vegas 18. He moves really well. Um, seemed quite, yeah, I use the word evasive, you know, always on the, always on the go, never standing in one place. And um, in that fight, I could see his guard was, uh, wasn't really up at all. In comparison to his opponent, Patoja, who's, Whose um, his hands were always always up. His guard was um, Cape's guard was always um, seems down at least below the area that's most I say vulnerable. You're facing your head. Um, overall, the fight was um, pretty close. I mean, Pantoja did win that fight by unanimous decision. But out of these two, who do I think would win? Mm. Be careful what I say here. Um, I think it would be a close fight because both guys are good at their striking. Striking, which is uh, form forms part of your um, your stand up. Um, uh, it will be. I think it'll be a close fight. So I mean, hmm. who do I put my money on? I think I'm gonna go with Nicola because. Those two, um, uh, those two punches, those two um, uh, hooks, the left hook and then the right hook, uh, that he used to floor, um, to um, let's, well, I say floor to get someone on the ground basically. It's like a slang we use here in the UK. It's British slang. When someone gets floored, you, they've been hit so hard that they fall down on the floor. That, that's that. That's what it means basically. When I say someone's been floored, um, yeah, I think probably. It, Nicolu, um, Matthias Nicolu probably might win this one at UFC um, Vegas 21. But who knows? You know, wait and see. Um, it could be a close fight. It could even be a draw. Who knows? I mean, both of them are such good fighters. From, from what I saw, and I'm, I do, I do pay attention to their last fight. Um, you know, they in MMA they do say that you're only as good as your last fight, which isn't necessarily true. But I think they say that because it's, it gives a good idea of where you're at. Um, capability-wise, uh, performance-wise, and talent-wise, just you know how good your fighting is, where it's at at the moment in your career and in the sport. Moving on up, it's Jonathan Martinez versus David Grant. Now that's going to be the bantamweight division for the men. Now Martinez has thirteen wins and three losses, whilst David Grant has twelve wins and four losses. So, um, 
So looking at Martinez uh, in his last fight with Andre Ewell, uh, UFC 247. And looking at just at the end of it, I mean, Ewell did, Ewell did win uh, via split decision. And I have to say that I, I share uh, Martinez's shock <laughs> in the cage. And I think I just watched these uh, fights. Was there um, booing? Yeah, there was booing, actually. There was booing. I was going to pronounce my words properly. There was booing in the audience. Um, UFC 247. Yeah, there was booing in the audience um, because, um, well, I don't know why they're booing exactly, but um, no, they're probably booing because they didn't they didn't agree with the judges' of final decision. We um, all won by split decision, but uh, overall, um, the performance in the cage in the fight there, um, Martinez is very dominant in the fight. It didn't give us give you all any room at all. He was always going in for an attack. You know, his clinching was good. Stand up was good. Um, well, I thought the fight would be so clo- would be would have been close, but I thought overall still Martinez would have come out on top and even you know even at the end of the fight when the judges had announced the decision and um, Bruce Buffer had announced it over the microphone um, I share uh, Martinez's frustration there because I could see he turned just walked just walked off he was really shocked and surprised I was surprised as well because I thought his performance was really dominating and he dominated the fight and you know, he was really really good but um Sometimes these judges, um, and it's not uncommon. You know, sometimes these judges don't know what they're doing. Even Dana White um, is um, aware of this. That some of these judges are basically they're in the wrong job. They're it, they're in the wrong job when they they are not fully there in this sport. They don't understand how MMA works. Now Martinez is going to be fighting David Grant, um, and David Grant, who's an English um, uh, fighter coming out of the UK from the northeast of England, an area called Durham, uh, near Newcastle. Uh he the last four, fight he had was against God was in was at UFC two fifty one. God I didn't write the guy's name properly, which is not good. Just a second guys. Looking at the fight card. Yes, sorry, Martin Day. David Grant, he fought Martin Day at UFC 251. Um, you know, he won by a knockout. Um, his In that fight, his striking was good. Um, his stand-up was good. His striking was really good as a fight went, as a fight went on. I mean, he um, kept on, those punches just kept on coming. Uh, he was really domin- dominating and really domineering in the fight. Um Again, it's one of those fighters that just doesn't give their opponent any room, puts pressure on them, always getting close to the, uh, the to their opponent, cornering their opponent in one area of the octagon. And uh, no, he's not one of those fighters that's evasive, doesn't move around a lot, just going in and out for a, a jab here and there. No, he's very domineering, very dominating. And um, this fight, overall, I thought it would be a close one, but no, David Grant won. But out of the two, who do I think would win? Uh, I think it will be close. Some people may disagree with me. Some, excuse me, some other um, MMA fans or veterans or athletes or anyone who has been following this sport far longer than I have, uh, they may disagree, disagree with me. Um, that's fine. That's her opinion. Um, 
But out of these two, Martinez versus Grant, I think... I think, actually, Martinez may have it. I think Martinez may, may win. Um, his stand-up is okay. and uh, But, you know, at the same time, I think fighters who have a good ground game fighters that have good ground who are good, good at wrestling clinching grappling um, I think they've got the advantage that they can take their opponent down and then while they have their opponent on the floor they can do some serious damage to their opponent especially to their head so um, I mean that that's that's my opinion on it because when it comes to like striking and KOs I mean you can do you can do this um, you can carry out the striking while you've got your opponent on the, on the ground but um, which is a lot easier because you have got the advantage on top of them but uh, if you're standing up you can still uh, carry a strike or striking or KO or you know you can still use your fists to attack them and even finish the fight with a knockout a nasty knockout but um, again they've got the advantage like, to move out they've got the opportunity the um, the option of moving out of the way you know of being evasive so in that in this particular fight I think Martinez may have it but you know, again, um, and I've seen this time and time again in this sport. Everybody will think that this person will definitely win. This person has all the advantage, all is the favourite to win this fight. And then, lo and behold, on the day of the fight, it looks so close that they just that they got that they've got in the bag, and then no, they they lose, and you know everyone's just sitting in awe, in shock, and uh, all those bets you made, um, you'll be owing, you'll be owing people a lot of money. Okay. Now, moving on, we have Dan Iger, or is it Dan Iger, uh, versus Gavin Tucker of the uh, men's featherweight division. Uh, featherweight division. So, Dan, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Dan, Dan I-E-G, uh, I-G-E, Dan Iger, has 14 wins and 3 losses under his belt. Gavin Tucker's 13 uh, wins and just 1 loss under his belt. So, um, a UFC Fight Island one, um, Dan Eager fought Calvin Qatar. And from that fight, I could see that Eager's striking was good, and um, he, he seems like someone who's dangerous with his fist. The sort, the same sort of impression and opinion that I shared about um, Gilbert Gilbert Burns when he fought before in the lead up and, and in the run up to his fight against Kamara Usman. Um, you know, his striking was pretty dangerous. Um, at the same time, but Qatar's stand-up was at the same time pretty good. Um, the fight did look like it would be close. Um, both sides ha- had really, really good striking. That both sides were really going at it, and uh, there weren't too many takedowns in the in the fight itself. But uh, overall, Qatar did win by unanimous unanimous decision. Gavin Tuck, on the other hand, now there's two fights I looked at. What can, can, there's two two fights that I looked at where this guy's concerned. The first fight, he didn't come off so well, which was UFC 215. And the second fight, he came off very, very well, like he'd learned a lot. Uh, UFC 215, which, in, which was in 2017, and then UFC 240, which was a, a, like a year later in 2019. Now, I say that the first one, UFC 215, he came off really badly because, and this was actually hinted at by one of the um, commentators, which I think was Joe Rogan. Um, 
he said that the biggest letdown that Tucker had in this fight, which was um, against Rick Glenn, was that at the beginning of, this, of the fight, he'd really used up so much so much of his energy and his strength. He had gassed out, as we say in MMA. <laughs> as we say, as they say in MMA. I don't think I'm there yet. Um, he had gassed out so quickly by using so much of his energy with the counter-strikes and the striking that as the fight was going on, you could see that he was getting sluggish, especially towards the end, whereby Glenn was just... And people even saying that they... Some of the comment, I think it was Joe Rogan or... One of the some of the commentators were saying that they should really think of stopping this one. I could see it myself, you know, Tucker was getting really hurt, really injured, and just in the last two to one minute of the um, of the final round, he was just really defending himself as best he could, not throwing, fighting back, no stri- striking kicks or anything at all. He was just trying to protect his his bloodied face and um, his uh, just or his his bloodied face and upper body as best as he could. Um and the other guys just yeah you know it's, it's a fight game so the other guys just finishing the fight as best as he could. He could see that it was winning them. He could see that um Tuck was badly injured, and um yeah at first it seemed as in uh, it seemed that at first it seemed that Gavin Tucker um his um stand up was good, but towards the end you could see he was getting more, much more tired, much more sluggish, and you know his striking was just really um not on point anymore and towards the end he was just a bloody mess um so obviously in that fight rick rick glenn came as the victor now the next fight where uh where gavin tucker actually showed that he had learned a lot from the glenn from the rick glenn fight was at the next fight ufc um 240 which again i'm assuming isn't was in 2019 so the first round, he uh, didn't start it off too strong like he did in his last fight, UFC 215 against Glenn, uh, which was a smart thing to do. And let me just, I should start again by saying it was UFC 240, he fought Sungu Choi, uh, a mixed martial arts fighter coming out of South Korea. Um, <clears throat> I think in this fight, he actually fought um, a lot more um, smartly, a lot more wisely. Um, he did we saw more takedowns and much more much more takedowns um, in comparison to his last fight which was against Rick Glenn um, we, sh- we saw a much better example much much better representation of his ground game it was a lot better and um, we still saw that progressing um, much more into the um, second round so overall if just comparing Tucker um, against Ike, who would have this fight at UFC Vegas 21. I think probably, probably, um, yeah, I think I can safely say probably it's Tucker. I think prob- uh, probably Gavin Tucker would win the fight. Uh, it's striking, well, I could say striking is good. I think he, he'll be wise enough now, um, just with the lessons he'd learned with the, uh, the fight he had against Rick Glenn. He'd be a lot wiser in um, how he uses his energy for for the punches and the strikes um you know so i mean if he performs the way that he performed at ufc 240 against um sangri Choi, then um i think i think the fight he has against dan ige or ike um shouldn't be a problem i mean it's my opinion that he will win because um obviously he his performance against Sangui Choi at UFC 240, the takedowns, he saw a lot more takedowns against Sangui Choi than we did against Rick Glenn. So, um, not saying that it <laughs> it means anything. Anything can happen, you know, 
either fighter can change the circumstance, their circumstance um, in that fight. So um, wait and see what see what happens. But if I was forced to make place a bet on who would win this fight, I would go with Gavin Tucker. Okay, and I think the main event on the card... No, sorry, <laughs> not there quite yet. Uh, so moving up, we've got the co-main event, which is... Um, which is We have the co-main event, which is Misha Sokonov versus Ryan Spann. So Sokonov has 15 wins on his belt and 5 losses, while Spann has 18 wins and 6 losses on his belt. Now these guys are fighting in the light and heavyweight division. So looking at Sokonov, his um, his fight against um, Jimmy Crute, UFC UFC Fight Night One Fifty Eight, uh, Jimmy Crute, an Australian mixed martial arts um, athlete. So in that fight, Misha's grind game looked good. Um, he has the you no know, he looking at him, he has the size and that stature and the, you know the height um, for 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 a good grind game to get get a good takedown in or clinch to grapple well um he has the height and size to um get someone taken down onto the canvas floor and uh, you know keep them there keep them there whilst you're either getting them into no i can't be careful what i say keep them there while you're dishing out strikes and uh finally getting them into a submission um now in this fight he did surprisingly something i've seen with certain fighters like like we saw with Islam Makachev uh, when he's fighting Drew Dober just at UFC 259. You know, in each round and that, Dober was kept, for each of those three rounds, Dober was kept on the, on the ground. Um, so again, um, likewise, we saw um, with Sokonov first um, fighting Crute, um, Sokonov did keep Crute on, on the ground uh, for a long while and he won by getting Crute into submission via the Peruvian necktie. That's a new. Um, that's actually a new particular move that I've actually learned today, just just by watching this particular fight. Uh, now his opponent Ryan Spann, his fight against Johnny Walker, UFC Fight Night One Seventy Eight. Now Spann didn't win this fight; Walker won. Um, but overall, um, overall, Spann does seem to have good counter striking. Good striking. Um, his ground game, uh, his clinches, that's, that seemed good. Um, he did lose the fight, however, by knockout elbows and punches. Now, from what I saw, um, he had, um, Span had Walker by the fence in a clinch, but somehow um, Walker managed to just slide free or free himself a little bit and just managed to get, get some good strikes and some good elbows in there. And um, just, I think, as he hit, um, as he hit Span with an elbow, um, Span just kind of crumpled to the, um, just let go, loosened his grip and crumpled to the floor. And yeah, just Walker finished the fight. Um, but out of the two guys, Sokonov versus Span, I think Sokonov will win. Uh, he has the size to issue a good takedown and keep his opponent on the floor. And from there, whilst he's pinning his opponent to the floor, do some serious. Um, just some serious harm to the person's face with strikes and elbows, whatever. Just um, attacks. God, this business of saying um 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 is really, really. I'm sorry, guys. 
it's a bad habit that I'm trying to really really trying to um stop. So last but not least we have the main event Leon Edwards versus Bilal Mohammed, the men's welterweight division. So Edwards has so far eighteen wins and three losses on his belt and Mohammed has eighteen wins and three losses beneath his belt. Is that really true? This seems symmetrical. I know. Just checking I got the information correct. Da, da, da. But um anyway, um looking at Leon Edwards and Leon Edwards who has not fought for a long, long while now since I think July or June of twenty nineteen. I think um on three or four occasions he's had his fight with um Hamza um Kimaev or Chimaev rescheduled on multiple occasions and I mean so he's not fought for a long while, and that's something that fighters really, really do hate. So, um, looking at his last fight, which was against Rafael Dos Anjos at UFC on ESPN4, um, at the start of the fight, he didn't waste any time getting the takedown in. Uh, his ground games, his ground game seemed really good. Um, he kept his opponent pinned on the ground for a long while, and his um, stand-up seemed um, seemed okay. It was good good striking um and he won that fight by unanimous decision and as opponent Bilal Muhammad um the last fight that I saw of him which was at UFC 258 so not too long ago um now he he seems um just in the fight there for every single round he was very domineering didn't give his opponent any room at all not evasive whatsoever you know he cornered he you know he cornered his opponent and let me go back and say um, UFC 258 Bilal Mohamed fought Diego Lima you know he's really domineering with um, his opponent dominated his opponent cornered his opponent one side of the octagon and was always hot on his opponent's heels he wasn't invasive whatsoever and he was always close you know at all times and as the um, commentators were saying he was always putting that pressure pressure on his opponent never giving his opponent any room at all his stand-up was good. His striking was really, really good. Um, and the leg kicks that Lima kept on sending his <laughs> sending his way, just, it didn't seem to do um, uh, Mohamed any damage or me. He didn't even flinch. But, you know, you could tell you there's only so much you can take when it comes to physical physical attacks. You know, everybody has their limit. So in the first round, he kept Lima cornered in one area of the octagon. And um, at one point, there was... There was a move that he did make whereby it looks like he was about to strike his opponent, but then faked it and then went in for a clinch instead. So that was really good. That was really slick. And um, yeah, in this fight, the only damage he took really was just two um, accidental eye pokes. But overall, and he won by unanimous decision. Now, overall, who do I think would win? Edwards versus Mohamed. After seeing what I've seen of Bilal Muhammad and seeing what I've seen of Leon Edwards, Leon Edwards is a tough opponent, tough fighter. And I think I can safely say that, say that even as a novice MMA fan. My money's on Bilal Muhammad to win this fight. Yeah, from what I saw, um, how he fought um, Diego Lima, um, the dominance, the stand-up, the, um, the clinches, um, just how he's very, very domineering and Dominate how he dominates the fight, you know how he co- how he, he almost cornered his opponent. His opponent didn't really have anywhere to move or, to, or didn't have any chance to be evasive. Mohammed doesn't seem to be an evasive fighter either. 
so my money is definitely on him to win um this fight at Leon this fight against excuse me my money's on Bilal Muhammad to win um win this fight against Leon Edwards at UFC Vegas 21 and yeah that's my opinion if you think I'm wrong or if you think I'm stupid with that opinion please <laughs> share your opinion in the comment section if you're watching this on YouTube So, now there's still been a lot of um, to and fro about what happened at UFC Vegas 259 between Peter Yan and um, Aljamain Sterling. So, especially because of what happened, what Aljamain Sterling did after the um, after the um, the fight, and even though you know again the win was given to him because of it was an illegal move by Peter Yan. Many people are querying, well, why did you um, go out of your family? And if you mean, not because the winner's given to him. No, let me say that properly. If you're so concussed and f- was was showing such signs of serious injury while he was in the cage there, why um, did he go to, um, why did he go and celebrate with the family later on afterwards? And I've actually spoken to some people about this, people in, in the combat sports world, and I've been listening to other podcasts as well. And I have to admit that, you know, uh, for the sake of his family, who, who many people have, you know, for something like that, many members of your family, especially those who are close to you and good terms with you, but especially mother, father, brothers and sisters, they're going to come out and support you. And for them, the main, I think, I think I can say the main thing for them is that you win. Um, you know, if you've won, then it means that all of the hard work you put in, the training, the um, cutting weight, making weight, all of that, none of that has been in vain. You know, you've achieved success. All of the hard work and all the things you need to do, leading up to that point to um, to win that competition, was no has not been in vain and will not be a waste. It was all worth it because it came out achieving success. So um, I, I was of the mindset that maybe that whole axe in the octagon was um, actually a fake. But when I think about it now, actually, um, I don't think it was. Um, I think many other fighters will say that I think people like TJ Dillenshaw and um, even PCR himself was ke- coming out saying on Twitter that that was a really good act you go in the really good act you put in there and the Oscar goes to you know so so and so and I've been hearing in other places that fighters other fighters will do that but you know your family um, are different they are not going to think that way of you they're just really concerned about your success and even though um, Sterling didn't look happy about the um didn't look too happy about how he won the fight which I completely understand because for him it won't really feel like a win it will feel like the win that like feel like the trophy was handed to him whereby he didn't have to work and suffer to uh to make his mark to actually you know to achieve that win um I can understand that but you know um Dana White did say that um he is going to uh, make arrangements for them to have a rematch um so I don't think all is not lost where this far is concerned and I have to say that where Peter Young's concerned, I think I have to backtrack on certain things that I said um, in my last podcast. Um, that um, how can you be fighting in this um, sport for this long, especially in an organization such as the UFC, the biggest fighting promotion in the world? They still hold that position, yeah, that top spot on number one. Um, well, someone did point out to me that I think he took kind of direction from his corner. I think he didn't see 
that Arjumain Sterling's knee was still on the on the ground. This is what I've been hearing from someone else, and it may well be correct. Um, so that's the reason why he um, uh, did what he did. And the thing he said, the reason why he was holding his hand up and whilst they were announcing the winner was because he thought the, the whole thing would result in a no contest. So, um, but again, I think it's, I'm just giving out some updates on the things that I've been hearing in the um, in MMA news. So, yeah, in other in other news, um, Dan Hardy, who is an athlete who I, I've not been following that much. He's a, an athlete. MX martial arts is coming out of the UK so I'm surprised myself that I've been living in this country all my life and I've never heard of him but he was recently fired from the UFC and from BT Sport um, This now this was due to an incident that had happened in the Middle East at Abu Dhabi I think he had a falling out with a female employee there and um, I think they just had to let him go he's been sacked from the UFC I think for I'm not sure I think it's for training or for broadcasting um, on behalf of the UFC with BT Sports and he um has um he's been sacked on that side of things but he um he still has an active fight contract with the ufc so guys um i don't think there's anything else um no no there's nothing else that um i have to go i think i've rambled on for long enough um if you do like the, the podcast please don't forget to leave a like and don't forget to subscribe um, you can follow me on Instagram. My name is IcoJarko1, and on Twitter, my name is IcoJarko. And on you can also the podcast upload to Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. And I'm still working on the iTunes podcast thing. It's just it's something so easy to do that um, it's going to happen. I'm going to get it done. So, guys, take care and thanks.